of verse 1, and that'll be the only verse that I read for my text passage. And I do covet your prayers. I, 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 just can't, I just can't get away from this message and from this pastor passage. If you remember last week, I preached on Rahab. And I used the text, if I remember correctly, how Rahab turned things around. Well, I'm going to give you my text for this message today. And I've never seen these things like I've seen them as I was reading through here in the last few weeks about the difference between Rahab and Achan. And just what a great contrast that the, that the Spirit of God presents to us in the Word of God about people. Rahab started wrong but ended right. I don't know about y'all, but that's the way I want to end. But this man Achan, we'll see in a minute, and I'll tell you this again later, no doubt. He started right but ended wrong. In some degree, this man Achan, he, he kind of is perplexing. And I'll tell you more about that in a minute. I don't want to start preaching before I start preaching. I don't know if anybody in here is lost at all, but I believe this message and this man uh, that is at the center of this message goes to the heart of all of us without a doubt. There's always a danger of us failing. And everybody listen, please listen to this. It does matter to those around us, nearest to us, those we love the most and are closest to how we live or don't live. Sin affects us. It affects everybody around us. It affects everybody that we're a part of. And listen to me, Roxalana Gospel Tabernacle. I don't have anybody in mind. I don't have anything in mind. Thank God none of this is going on that I would need to address. But sometimes there's something called preventative maintenance. You do things and say things to keep things from happening. So if that's the case today, take this to heart. If you want to share a message, share this one. If you're looking on on Facebook and we're happy you are listening on Sermon Audio, take it to heart too. And if this hits your heart, do something about it today, not tomorrow. Everybody praying for me right now, say amen. Notice how verse or chapter 7 begins with the word but. He said, but the children of Israel committed a trespass. Now, that's rather unique in how that opens this chapter because we'll find momentarily that actually one man and his family committed a trespass. Actually, one man who had a family that was complicit with him committed a trespass. And let me read it again. And the children of Israel committed a trespass. Hey, listen, we're bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh. We are members of one body. And that's important to know. We're witnesses in this place and outside of this place to Roxalana and what God's doing here as a whole. But he committed a trespass in the accursed thing for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Father, I'm thankful for the privilege of being in this place today. And thank you, Lord, for the outgathering of thy people and for the presence undeniable of the Spirit of God. 
We pray now, Lord, that through the Spirit, that, that Lord, you'd not only anoint these lips of clay and refresh my memory and stir my heart, but, Lord God, that you would anoint all of our ears that we might hear, our minds that we might understand, and our heart that we might receive. Oh, Father, we live in an amazing time, and God, help us to be all that we can be in these last days as ambassadors for Christ. Help us to be the right kind. We know we're for the right one. Now, Father, I pray, God, as you look at us and as we look at you, that you would help us look at ourselves as this word examines us. Help us to examine ourselves as Paul told the church of Corinth to examine yourself. Bless, I do pray. God, grace us. And Lord, if someone needs delivered, if someone needs forgiven, if someone needs refreshed and renewed, do that today. We'll be sure to glorify you and honor you because we ask it in that name that's above every name, the name of Jesus, your Son, our Savior, and all of God's people said. I want to talk to you this morning just for a little while about this thought. Last week, again, I told you that we talked about how that, how that uh, uh, Rahab turned it around this morning. I want to talk to you about how Ahab lost it all. Or Achan, not Ahab. Thank you all. I wish I wouldn't do that, but I'm cursed, I guess. I even got to apologize for Tuesday night when I was teaching, and I talked about Jonah and then Noah. So anyway, I'll straighten that out Tuesday night. But let me get it right. Last week I talked about, you can edit that. No, I'm just kidding. You, last week I talked about how Rahab turned around. This week I'm going to talk about how Achan lost it all. She started wrong and ended right. He started right and ended wrong. I know, again, the way I want to end. Friend, listen, I want to end right. I want to end in fellowship. I want to die where the wife of Abraham died. I, I want to live in, and die in fellowship with the Lord. When I die or when, when he comes, listen to me, friend, I don't want to be ashamed at his appearing. And I'm going to be bold enough to say what some of you all wouldn't or won't even right now. There have been times in my life, and I say this with no boast. I say it with shame. I say it with regret. Had Jesus come, had he come for his church, I'd have went with him, but I'd have been in the ashamed category. Now, you have to say whether you would uh, have been that way in any time in your life. And if you're in that category today, I beg of you, listen to what I'm going to say. Don't wait till I get through with the message. Just bow at an altar and say, God, I need a touch of heaven on my... Can I tell you there's more honor in doing that than trying to hide it and cover up something that both you and God know what's going on in your life? Listen, friend, it's better to be in fellowship with the Lord than it is out of trouble. Achan, you know what his name means? It means troubler. Now, whether people believe it or not, understand it or not, know it or not, or agree to this or not, sin is rampant in America. I need more help than that. Let me try that again. Sin is rampant in America. And it's not excluded among the people of God. I tell you all the time, I'm as honest as I can be. Listen, though we've got a perfect salvation, and we do, we're not perfect as Christians. God has taken care of that. 
God has taken care of that. He sent his son into the world to shed his blood so that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, can cleanse us from all sin. Now look, we need to stay in fellowship with God. We need to stay in fellowship with him to know his blessings. But I'm going to tell you what, if you've got unconfessed sin in your life, listen to me, this isn't an option. You need to do something about it. The sooner the better. The sooner the better. Now, I know it's in the shouting message so far. You may have to wait till next week to get the shouting message. But it's a still a good message. He was a troubler. That's what his name was. I mean, to tell you, friend, truth has fallen in the streets in America. We've got the, we've got the only book of truth. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth. He didn't say it was a truth. He is the truth. And we're living in such a time that people have the audacity to put themselves above God and the Word of God and say, well, you know what? That may be your truth, but it's not mine. If I don't adhere to it, it's not mine. If I don't like it, it's not mine. Well, it may not be your truth. It will be that very thing that will judge you one day when you stand before God Almighty. So we need, we need, friend, to listen to what the Spirit of God says to the church this morning. I want you to notice, first of all, Achan's privilege. He was, he was the son of Karma. He was the son of Zabdi. He was the son of Zerah, and he was of the tribe of Judah. I've thought about this before, and I don't know about you, but if I would have been born a Jew, that would have been a blessing. Say amen right there. And let me just say something. It's not a part of my message. I just like saying it and telling the world what they need to know that they don't know. God's not done with Israel. I've often thought whose tribe I would have wanted to be a part of. It wouldn't have been bad to be a, a, a Benjaminite. They stuck with the tribe of Judah. And they could sling slings, man. They were left-handed. I'm messed up because I'm ambidextrous. Doug's a total lefty. But I can do a little bit of both. You know what I'm saying? With both hands. So I, I, I would have made a fairly good Benjaminite. I loved slinging slings when I was a kid. Man, I'm telling you, you'd be amazed at how precise that you can be and how dangerous they are. You know what I heard last night or just sometime recently in a, in a movie as a Christian movie? The dad asked why that uh, David went down in the, into the stream in the valley of Elah and picked up five smooth stones, not ones that are jagged. And a little boy answered in the congregation. He said, because the jagged stone would wobble and weeble and may not go straight. I didn't know that, did you? Don't come up around me after Yeah, I knew that preacher. I, did. I mean, five smooth stones. Listen, friend, you can sling those things. Who else you'd want to be a part of? I, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be a part of the tribe of Ephraim. They were a part of the ten tribes. Matter of fact, those ten tribes were called Ephraim. Matter of fact, when they got called to battle, they didn't go. Well, let me cut it to the straight. I like to be a part of that, 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 that tribe that praised God. 
I'd like to be a part of that tribe uh, that, that had the kings that come out of it, wouldn't you? I'd like to be a part of that tribe who had a daddy that after he had sinned early in his life, got it right to the point and to the degree that God said, I'm going to bless him and I'm going to bless his, his progenitors, his children, those that have come out of his womb. I'm telling you, friend, listen, Achan, he started right in this life. It's wonderful to have privilege. It's wonderful to have advantage. But wait just a minute. I don't care, listen, if you were born with a golden spoon in your mouth, you're still a sinner in need of a Savior. If I understand my Bible correctly, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Somebody back there stuttering in their mind and heart. Wait, 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 just preacher. I'm not as bad as so-and-so. That's right, but still what? You're dead in trespasses and sins. We've all sinned. Not what T.K. Price said. That's what the Word of God said. I'm just preaching this book. I'm just transmitting what's recorded in the Word of God. He goes on to say there is none righteous. No, not one. I give this illustration all the time. If we're a sinner, we're dead in trespasses and sin, according to the book of Ephesians 2 and 1. Look, it doesn't matter whether I died 30 days ago and you died three minutes ago. We're dead. There's no corpse any, de any deader than another corpse. We're just in a different stage of putrefaction or corruption or rotting. And this man, he was born to the chosen people of God, a descendant of Abraham, a son of Judah. He was born to the kingly tribe. But listen, friend, he was still a sinner. He had great privilege. He started right, but he ended wrong. But he also hears Achan's problems. He was a sinner. Let me tell you what the Word of God says, beginning in chapter 6 at verse 17. Now, this time, the children of Israel, as you Bible readers know, and some of you that are young, maybe you've not read this yet, the children of Israel had ended their 40 years of wandering in the wilderness after having been delivered out of Egypt's bondage after 400 years plus of being their captives. They didn't start that way. They ended that way. And here at this time, the second generation of, of Jews they weren't Jews at that time. They were Israelites, Hebrews. They had been brought out of the wilderness and brought in to the land of promise. They had already crossed Jordan, which is a picture of the death, burial, and the resurrection. But I don't have time to say any more about that than that. And here they were, ready to conquer this territory that God had promised Abraham, promised to Isaac, promised to Jacob. Here they were on the threshold of possessing it a land that flowed with milk and honey, a place that had God himself in it because God said, I brought you out in the book of Exodus 19 that I might bring you unto myself. It was more than getting into the land. It was more than getting a, a hunk of rock at Mount Moriah. It was more than a place. Hey, listen, God wanted them and us to be brought to a person, and that is God Almighty himself. There they were. They'd already, listen, at this time, they'd, they, they, they'd already got into the land. And Joshua was preparing them as to what and what not to do at Jericho. 
He said, now here's what you guys do. I want you to get seven priests of seven ram's horn. You get some more priests to carry the Ark of the Covenant. You people that's got armed for war, you go before, let the priest blow the trumpet. You go around that city one time for six days and keep your mouth shut. Boy, it'd be hard for a lot of Baptists and RGTites, amen. Dead man, seven days up early, rise into the sun, assemble yourself, pick up the Ark of the Covenant, get your horns, keep your mouth shut and make your feet move and come back to camp. One time a day for six days. And on the seventh day, things changed. I like it when things changed. Boy, that's good right there. Y'all, y'all ought to feel that too. You know what they were supposed to do on that seventh day? They were to do the same thing with one exception. They were to go around that place seven times that day. A total of 13 times they went around. I don't understand the way the numbers are counted to that and acquainted with it, but God got a number. And on the seventh time around, those priests were blowing those seven rams horn and, got, and, and Joshua told him, said, all right, now you've kept your mouth shut up until now. Open it up, let it go and shout. And they began to shout. And the Bible said the walls fell down flat. Isn't that amazing? And they were able to go straight up and to destroy that city. Men, women, boys, girls, sheep, asses, oxen, everything. But now wait, wait just a minute. Look here in verse 17 and follow. And the city, this is, this is Joshua talking because God had already told him, shall be a curse. You know what the word a curse means? It means to be damned. When's the last time you've ever heard a preacher preaching on the damnation of lost men and women. Greg over in Boone County, son, when I was growing up, I don't know if you remember it or not, I don't know where David remembers it, Doug probably does, Ray Crumb used to say it a lot, we'd hear these old-time preachers talking about sinners being damned for eternity. That's not a bad word the way I'm using it. Everybody understand that's amen. It means to be doomed. The word damned has the idea of being condemned in it, having, having to be consigned to a devil's hell. You know what? I, 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 I don't generally do this. I, ju- I don't generally repeat what I'm preaching on my radio program that I do here in the pulpit, but I couldn't get away from this. On my radio program, here was my text, a man that doomed his own. Now, I got sick when I used that text. Y'all weren't very moved with it, but I, I'm telling you, I was, and I still am. You think about a man being responsible, friend, uh, for the things that Achan is responsible for in the way that they affected his family as they have. So look at what he says. He said, and all, he said, the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein, to the Lord only. Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in her house, because she had hid the messengers that we sent. And yea, and ye in any wise keep yourself from the accursed thing, lest she make yourself a curse when ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. You know what I want to say about that? Wow. The word accursed didn't mention many times in the Word of God. Twelve times in chapter 7 and 8 of the book of Joshua. One time in chapter 22 when it refers back to this series of events here. But Achan's problem was, you know what his problem was? He knew 
what not to do. But he disobeyed anyway. And see, I'm going to be honest again. I'm going to be bare bones honest. I've been guilty of that. You'll have to decide whether you have denied or maybe you are. Maybe this is for you, sir, ma'am. And if it is, there's no shame in admitting it. What would it be a shame for you to have an opportunity to take care of something in your life and you choosing not to? Amen? All right. You know what Aiken's problems did? They affected and infected his whole family. You say, how do I know? Well, maybe getting a little bit ahead of myself, but here's what I'm going to show you in verse 25 of chapter 7. Joshua was talking to Achan. He said, and Joshua said, why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day, us, meaning the children of Israel, the whole nation, because if you remember, they were ready to go up to Ai, or I, depending on who you are, how you want to pronounce that little city. Both enunciations are correct. A-I is the spelling. You can either call it A-I or I. It was a little place, not many people there. And instead of the whole nation of Israel going, you know what? They got a little bit big in their britches, so to speak, after they defeated Jericho. And when they said, what are we going to do about A-I? They said, well, still don't send many. They send two or 3,000 when they went up. A-I defeated them, killed 36 of them. They came back and they began to weep and call upon God. They got in ashes, laid on the ground, and God said, get up. You got sin in the camp. Hey, everybody listen to me right now. Say amen. God won't bless you if you've got unconfessed sin in your life. You're still his child, but he won't bless you. He can't. He can't. The Bible even says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me when I pray. If we've got unconfessed sin in our life, it's a big deal. You see? This isn't a happy, happy, happy message, is it? Well, who likes to hear about sin? Folks, listen, I'm not preaching real hard on sin today. If I, were, if I were calling your sin out, if I were getting right in your stuff, then it would be really tough. We used to hear all kinds of messages like this when we were growing up, didn't we? I mean, when we went to church, when we first got saved, if we didn't get sheared and skinned, we didn't think we'd been to church. That's a fact. I'm preaching this because I love you more because I love the Lord. But look what he goes on to say. And all he said, he said, you have troubled us. And the Bible said, and all Israel stoned him with stones. Now you would expect that, right? This was Achan's idea. It was all out of his heart. It was all because he had a lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Just like Eve did in the garden, chapter 3 of the book of Genesis. By the way, that's the only three avenues through which sin enters into us, either the eye, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, or the, or the pride of life. The only way they come, the only, the only way they enter in. But listen, he doesn't stop. And he said, he said, and all Israel stoned him with stones. What's the next word say? It. And burned, what's the next word? Them with fire. And after that, they had stoned them with stones. They raised up a heap of stones uh, over them. And it was there under that day, the day of the writing of this book. And you say, who are the them? It was the wife, the sons, and the daughters of Achan's. Can I tell you all something I didn't tell you a while ago? No man's an island. No man is an island. 
What we do affects other people. And let me say it again. I know it's said in the introduction. Hey, listen, what we do affects those that are closest to us, those that we love the most. I've had people that I've witnessed to throughout the years that I preach my sins not hurting anybody but me. I said, man, if you believe that, you're a fool. Oh, it hurts you the most, sir, ma'am. Hurts you the most. But I'll tell you what, it'll hurt your wife, your children. Your whole family, whoever it is, it'll, it'll affect you. I'm getting close to the end, but I'm not there yet, so don't hope too much. It infected the whole family. The Bible said that he saw. The Bible said that he saw a Babylonian garment. Listen to what it says in verses 20 and 21 of chapter 7. This is when... This is when the tribes were brought before Joshua to be judged. And I've never figured out in my head or in my heart if Judah was the first tribe brought. I can't help but believe that it was. He wasn't the firstborn, Reuben was. Then it was Simeon, Levi, and then Judah. But can I tell you what? God knows what we won't confess. Let me try that again. God knows what we won't confess. David, justice, can I pick on you? I love David. If you'd get to know him, you would too. But don't go up behind him and goose him. Don't blow in his ear. Don't touch him if you're not standing in front of him. He can't help it. All right, he was like my father-in-law. I come behind Virgil one day, Debbie's daddy, and I went around and went in his ear, and he went, bam, busted my mouth. He apologized. I said, Pap, it's my fault. Don't apologize. It was funny that he jumped. It was even funny that he busted me in the mouth. He may have wanted to do that a long time before then. I I don't know. But he had an excuse that day. Hey, hey, but while the other two sisters weren't married for a period of time, you know what? He used to brag on me. He'd introduce me as his favorite son-in-law. When, he got, when the other ones got married, he quit that. I, I, I don't understand that. But David, David, he's jumpy. You know what I'm saying? He's jumpy. Hey, listen, friend. I don't know where in the world I was going with that. It'll come back to me in a minute, maybe. God knows what we won't confess. I knew it was that, but I can't remember the tie-in. Lordy mercy. It was good, though. It was a good illustration. He saw, listen listen to what the Word of God says, Lord. And I pray constantly. Y'all hear me? I pray. And Achan, when he was brought, this first tribe, he went down to it. Listen to what he said. Let's back up and show you what the Word of God said. Verse 17, he brought the family of Judah, took the tribe of the Zerites. He brought them, the family of the Zerites, man by man, and Zabdi was taken. And he brought the house, his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zer, of the tribe of Judah was taken. And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, Give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel. Make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it far from me. Can I tell you all, the three hardest words in the English language to speak are, I have sinned. 
Anybody in here have to teach your baby when they got old enough to do things and to speak back to lie? You know why they lie without being taught? It's in their nature. It's in their nature. They're born sinners, and they'll prove it. They'll be babies. I've, I've given this illustration before. They don't even know how to talk, and they'll lie to you like a dog. Debbie used to get taught. Debbie and I used to get taught. I was on the evening shift at that time. We'd bathe that thing. We'd, we'd grease him up and baby oil or, or baby lotion, and then we'd powder him and put him a little nighty on. And, and you know what I'm saying? We'd crank that mobile up, and we, we would play and wear him out because we needed a nap, and we'd hope he'd nap. Y'all know how it is, right? Put him in that crib, and you'd, you'd, you'd prop that bottle up, and You'd play with them and a mobile going, they'd be grinning and big bubbles be coming outside their mouth and milk. You know, y'all know how it is. And you go in the other room and you can even start a sleeper, try to get some things cleaned up, and all of a sudden, you'd think, man, a bear's got in. They're carrying him off. You know what I'm saying? And you go in there and you stick your head up over that crib that had that crib, you know, padding around it. And you look up and go, I'm glad to see you. I missed you. I was lonely. You'd think they were done. They lied to you like a dog. It's hard to say I've sinned. It's hard to say I have sinned. Sometimes, let me tell you this, even when we know it, it's harder to repent. Boy, I'm... I don't know, that's a sweet spot right here. You golfers know what that is. Now, this is needed. I wouldn't be lingering this long. Somebody needs this right now. We ought to practice repenting more than we do. I'm a firm believer in this generation, friend, this last day period of time, the church doesn't repent near as much as they did. Are you all ready for this? You're not going to like it. Everybody, everybody heard me say you're not going to like it. Say amen. We don't use the altar up here in this new building like we did down there. How come? Am, am I right or not? Now, maybe we've grown to the point we really don't, and that's great if that's it. But if that's not it and we need it, we ought to use it. If you agree with that, say amen. It's not always when people go to the altar. Everybody please listen. When people go to the altar, it's not always because they've got sin in their life. I went the other night just praying for this church. I don't know if anybody else was praying. Was it Sunday, wasn't it? You were preaching? I, I was praying for the church. I was praying for myself, praying for our vision, praying for our purpose, praying that we'd be one of those kind of churches that Joshua, boy, wasn't that a good message I'd preach Sunday night? Gee, my knee, that was good. So anyway, let me go on. I got to get done. You're going to be in line early today. <laughs> and Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned, now listen to where it went to, against the Lord, God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. I try to teach people, when we go to God in prayer, and we tell God we've sinned, pinpoint it. Be honest with God. He already knows it. And the reason I encourage that, it'll help you more than anybody else. If you've sinned, you've done something, call it out when you go before God. You, you'd be surprised, maybe, the power that that have and the help that it'll give on you and for you. And look at verse 21. And when I saw, 
See the eye gate? That's, that's what Eve did. I saw when she looked and saw the tree and the fruit that it was good. He said, I saw a, Babylon, a goodly Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, wedge of gold, 50 shekels weight. And then I coveted them and took them. She, she looked at the tree and then she desired it. She desired it because it was the fruit to make her wise. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, the pride of life. I coveted them and took them. And behold, now watch this there in the earth, in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. This I'm going to tell you where sin is. It's in our heart. It's out of the heart where adultery and fornication and all these other things come from. Out of the, out of the heart are the issues of life. Listen, friend, our heart's not a good thing. Listen to what he goes on to say. So Joshua sent messages, and they ran into the tent, and behold, it was hid in the tent and the silver under it. And he goes on to tell what they did with that thing. Now you say, preacher, Achan was the one that sinned. How come his family had to die? I told you in the beginning, they were complicit. We affect other people positively or negatively. Now, here's where I told you, and I'm, I'm almost done with my message. Achan, to me, is somewhat of an enigma, sort of like Balaam is. Now, this is what I'm going to say. You may agree or disagree. That's okay. I know what I believe and why. Achan had been delivered out of Egypt. He was a, Chris, he was a, 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 a son of Abraham, a descendant of Abraham, a Hebrew. He came out on the night of the Passover. Do y'all agree with that? Say amen. So he belonged to the best group of people in the world. He came out under the blood. But let me tell you something. There were two groups of people that came out of Egypt that night. They were, they were those that, 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 that were Hebrews all the way, and then there was a mixed group. I want to tell you, not everybody that came out of Egypt was really believers. It's just that simple. They came out. And I, I don't know what Achan was, but here's what I do know. In the New Testament, soon after the church was inaugurated, the fifth chapter, if I remember correctly, of the book of Acts, there was a man and a woman by the name of Sapphire and Ananias. And they lied to the Holy Ghost, and they dropped dead, both of them, within hours of each other. If you read on over to 1 John chapter 5, you read 1 Corinthians 11, you'll find that for a believer, everybody heard me say a believer, say amen. There is a sin unto death that you or I could commit, and God will take you home early. You won't lose your salvation, you won't lose your soul, but bless God, he'll take you off planet Earth. You say, what is that? I don't know. It's different for me than it is you. You ever have your mom or dad tell you quit that or you're going to be brought in the house and dealt with? Anybody beside? Y'all know what? I, I, I used to pray that dad would lose his mind. <laughs> uh, he was awful. Now, Mom whipped me more than, than Dad. Last time Dad whipped me, it was a joke. He took me down to the basement, took, took a yardstick, you know, one of those three-feet yardsticks, you know, made out of, I don't know, what kind of wood it was. Now, it sounded terrible when he hit me, but that was the easiest whipping Dad ever gave me. I never will forget it. But anyway, he'd, he'd tell us, he'd come in, you know, from work, and he said, now, after I get up after a while, I'm going to whip you. <laughs> Believe me, Dad, that was totally enough, you know what I'm saying? 
I, I mean, I, I, I just, I didn't, I, I, didn't need, I didn't need that, but he let me know anyway. See, I don't know where I was going with that, too. I've not lost my mind yet, just some of it, it looks like, it appears. But anyway, let me get back to this. Lord, that bothers me. The second one bothers me. It sure does. Oh, I know what it is now. But his life affected his whole family. They were complicit in that. They were willing to agree with him. They were willing to keep his secret. And I'll tell you, friend, listen, we've got power over people. Y'all do know that, don't you? Not only do we see Achan's privileges, his problems, and I just mentioned his posterity, his sons and his daughters die. Could, could you imagine, sir, ma'am, if you're looking on, you're lost. If you're in here lost, if you're listening in lost, could you imagine dying lost going to hell? Going into the regions of darkness and doom and damnation. A place where, you know, it, it's darkness, it's eternal darkness. I know that has to do with spiritual darkness, but does it have to do with physical darkness too? What if, what if sometime during eternity you died and went to hell and you know your son and daughter would probably follow you and somewhere or another they just, you know, I'm going to use colloquial terms. It was under, so one day you all come across each other. Now if that had ever happened in heaven, and it's not, we're going to, I think we're going to be gathered to our own people when we die, or, or if we go up in the rapture, we'll be together and we'll be rejoicing or whatever. And if we do get away from each other in heaven, when we'll see each other, we'll embrace each other, and we'll say, hi, love you, glad to see you, and all that, like we greet people at home. What if you were in hell, and one day you come across your son and daughter? You hadn't seen them in an eon. Maybe it was just a day. And instead of embracing each other and kissing each other and saying, boy, Dad, I'm glad to see you, or honey, I missed you, or whatnot, they begin to look at you and say, they begin to curse you. Begin to look at you and just say everything demeaning that they could because of the life you live. Why did you bring me here? Why didn't you take me to church? Why didn't you tell me? Could you imagine that? Am I off my rocker? Can you imagine that? Them wanting to spit on you, kick you, and beat you. Here I am in hell because of the life you live, the way you died. I died the same way. And look, there's a heaven to gain. Man, I've thought about that. That just, that just tears me up from top to bottom. Taking somebody to, I'll never will forget when we had our first child. Debbie and I never dedicated our kids openly like they do here. Nobody did it over home, did they, Debbie? We didn't know it, but I dedicated them long before they ever hit planet Earth. I gave them to God long before. While they were still in, in Debbie's womb, God, through the Spirit, caused me to do that. And I'll never forget when I was just still waiting on Todd to be, to be born. I come across a poem God put in my life, Walk a little plainly, plainly Daddy, because I'm following you. Man, it tore me up. Let me give you the last point. Come on, Judy, I'll be quick. Aiken's punishment. 
You know what I believe, according to the Word of God? It was just. God had warned them. God said, don't take of anything of the accused things out of Jericho. Jericho was a bad place. Type of the world. AI, type of the flesh. The next one is a type of, well, what was it? Can't remember, I have to study. It's been a while, but those three cities probably ought to preach on them sometime. The world, the flesh, and the devil, that's it. There are pictures of that. Achan's punishment was just. And so it was on his children. God never does anything unjust. Say amen if you understand it. True and righteous are his judgments altogether. The book of Psalm 19, and I believe verse 9 says that. Listen, mom, dad, trust me when I tell you we influence people, we, we affect people, especially those that we love the most, those that we're the closest to. What a sad thing to be responsible. Have you ever thought about Adam and Eve, how they must have felt after they sinned? Living those long years that they lived, carrying the weight of knowing that they brought condemnation on a world of people? Have you ever thought about that? Boy, I have. Gosh, that... Wow. I mean, I don't, I, don't even how to, I don't even know how to say what I'd like to say, but all sins have consequences. The good news is they can be, they can be forgiven. But can I tell you this? Consequences can never be reversed. Sin's an ugly thing. If you agree with that, say amen. There are some sins that are greater than others. Some people will be punished in hell more than others. There's different degrees in hell. The Word of God teaches us. There are some sins greater than others. But wait just a minute. All sin is sin. God will judge it. There are consequences for it. And God sent this message today to us. He didn't send me down the road or up the road to preach. I don't like preaching these kind of messages. Sometimes they're just necessary. You may not have a thing in your life. You, you may be back there thinking, thank God. And that's good. That's possible. I hope it's more than possible. I hope it's a reality. But if there's something that you need to deal with, I encourage you to. If there's somebody listening in, looking on, or in this, in this sanctuary today, something needs dealt with in your heart. Maybe you've not started down the road yet. Maybe you're just looking. Maybe that look's turning into a lust. You've already started a plan on how to possess that or get that. That's what James says. He says there is a progression of when sin is conceived, it bringeth forth death. He says in the latter part of that in chapter 1. Every head bowed, nobody looking at me.